0: You are listening to My Solo Road by Divine Media. Hello friends, welcome back to My Solo Road. It is Sydney. I'm sitting in Henry's new van, the what is it, 2020?
1: Uh 2020 Sprinter. Yeah.
0: 2020 Mercedes Sprinter. Beautiful. We love that. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. And Sydney across from the man himself, but Henry what? Abraham Weiss Friedman.
1: That's right. Four names.
0: Yes. Okay. We were just talking though about the fact that the last time he was on the podcast was when we, at least we think, was when we first started dating, which was two years ago. So a lot has happened since the people got like a long form update of our lives and what's going on.
1: I've grown a lot since that time. Have you? Yes.
0: I mean, I agree, but I just, I love that.
1: Yeah. We've done a lot of things. We've learned a lot as a couple. hmm I mean, it's been two years. Van life with a partner is very different than van life with your dog.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so different.
1: So, yeah, I feel like I'm a different person.
0: Yeah, I also feel like I'm a different person. I mean, in some ways. Yeah. I feel like I hold on to the person that I was before. At least I try to because we loved her, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you still got to be that. Yeah. Okay, but how, how are you doing? You're doing great?
1: I'm doing really, really good right now.
0: I think people know, too, that you've been in therapy. How's that going?
1: really really good yeah i uh yeah i'm exploring different things about my past that uh that are worth exploring but yeah besides that things are good
0: (laughs) yeah let's start off with abigail she's in your lap right now Mm -hmm. who is she how'd we get her
1: her name's abigail she has many nicknames i like to call her abigail why uh i realize that it's because of the movie catch me if you can which is one of my favorite movies but
0: we watched it in bed last night
1: yeah frank Abigdale, but anyways we just did a really nice rescue trip to mexico really successful we rescued over 20 dogs including um abby over here who you actually rescued yourself from a taco stand so she's special from that perspective you were the one who got her and she's also uh, the dog that we're gonna be fostering and she's a little dog which for me is the first so she's
0: the littlest dog
1: yeah she's three and a half pounds
0: also, I do just want to clarify. I, I, I don't know that everyone always knows, but when like we say, so and so rescued them or got them, I was with the whole team, but I was the one who like snatched her. Like I walked up from behind while someone else was feeding her, right. and I was like the one who personally snatched her, which is always like a very successful feeling, like because it really is a little more difficult than I think it looks. When I watch that video back, I'm always like, okay, that was really not that exciting. But in the moment, I was like, if she darts off as she feels me approaching, right. it can be really difficult then to get the dog because they're frightened and they're not going to come close to you again.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. When you watch the video, it was uneventful, mm-hmm. which is a good thing, right? But if you miss the dog, there's a busy road right there. The dog's scaredy. She runs away. She, something happens. So it's really like one of those one. Sh- you know, you get one shot at it. Right. So, yeah, it was a good And
0: one. how did we come to, like, fostering Abigail after rescuing her with the other dogs?
1: How did we come to foster her? Yeah, like, why
0: her? What like what made us choose her?
1: Oh, okay. Well, we wanted to get a small dog for a change because we wanted to see if maybe Pearl could handle having another friend. And also, I was Oof. a little... <laughs> that has not worked out, but <laughs> I have also just, like, been very curious about s- smaller dogs, and I've always been a little jealous of, uh, <laughs> of how connected you and Pearl are, so I thought it would be nice to... Uh, Get a small dog for a change.
0: Yeah. Which, by the way, just to paint a picture, Henry is bouncing Abigail (laughs) in his arms right now while she's in a gray hoodie. (laughs) Like, she's a literal baby. And yeah, we've had her for a couple weeks now. We rescued her three or four weeks ago, probably. Still needs to get spayed and some vaccines and stuff, but, like, in general, she's doing really well. Yeah. Like, is fostering a small dog what you expected it to be? Is there anything that's different?
1: Well, I almost crushed her the other <laughs> night in bed. So, that was... I mean, but, I mean, I don't know. Pearl right. is a little bit more bed-savvy. Like, she's, like, good at, like, finding, like, the the, the safer pockets. Abigail here just kind of... She, she really wedges w- in. Well, she she was just, like, laying in no man's land, and I was, you know, trying to get out of bed or something. I forgot what I was trying to do, but... I just heard a big squeal. And then um, for about 24 hours after that, she was pretty shaken up by the whole thing. Well, (laughs) she was. She honestly honestly
0: wasn't like, I do agree. She was shaken up. But she was like, for 24 hours, she was basically squealing if we approached her or like tried to really like do like physically pick her up or something and i think she had just learned like ow that hurt and she squealed and so if she thought she was going to if we were going to pick her up and it might hurt then so she was like preventatively kind of squealing which she's not done the last two or three days this just happened yeah. but it is a thing i mean when i first got pearl it, you have to almost i mean i i know that like actual moms might kill me but it's like i feel like there's a sense of maternal or like parent that i i never like 100% asleep. Like if I rotate in my sleep, I always like touch Pearl first and kind of maneuver in a way where I know where she's at. And that's just kind of like a a different sense you know i guess i think that since that happened i've noticed you i feel like are a little bit more conscientious of like where she is in the middle of the night
1: right but then it wouldn't be maternal that's just like you are just Well, more that's why i to... changed
0: it to parent i didn't really mean necessarily maternal as in only like mom figure. Okay. Like, i mean it's just more of like having a sense of where they might like finn you've never had to worry about in that way and i guess i'm true. just saying like with pearl i was always very nervous that i would like smother her in her sleep so yeah, i true. i've been very aware of that and i feel like since that moment you have been more aware of it and bed so definitely anyways
1: another another mm. interesting uh difference between pearl and abigail is that like pearl when you approach her to try to pick her up she's like she like huddles and like pr- tries to like as she flattens if you, yeah yeah she flattens in a very like fear she's afraid position like someone's about to hit her or something which just speaks to her, her past traumas right and My sweet pearl. Ab- and Abigail just looks at you and as you're approaching with her wagging tail and mm-hmm. it's just like what are you going to do you got to pick me up like and so it's just uh, interesting to see like just having Abigail makes me like understand and appreciate Pearl even more I think
0: right yeah I don't think a lot of people know that I mean I'm sure some people do I've told a story of Pearl on the podcast before but yeah, she was just, she was much older than Abigail, so she had seven years of her past, whatever that really entailed, which I do know wasn't great, but I don't know, like, extensive details on. Right. But it is exciting almost to approach Abigail and, like, see her so pumped f- to pick, like, get picked up and stuff. Yeah. Whereas with Pearl, people have noticed that actually in my Instagram stories and stuff when I'm walking towards Pearl and she flattens. People have asked, like, why she does that or why she looks afraid of me. And, I mean, I don't always respond because I just don't. Right. But um, sometimes I respond and I just explain to them that, like, that obviously has nothing to do with me. She knows I've never hurt her, but it's going to be instinctual probably for the rest of her life. Right. There's nothing I can do about that.
1: Right. And... You know, that goes even more so for men. A lot of rescue dogs don't like men.
0: Right. Yeah, that's super common.
1: Right. And it's very common. Like, you know, and that was something I experienced very much in Mexico when we were out trying to rescue dogs. Like, I had to accept the fact that, like, my role was just, like, taking videos and stuff. Because if I approached one of the dogs, it would just run away. It's Mm -hmm. like those stray dogs on the streets are just avoid men at all costs. Right. Right. And so, it's just not even worth me, like, messing up the rescue. Right. <laughs> it, it happened multiple times where I was just like, I hate my life. <laughs> 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 this poor dog. Yeah. I'm just going to be a storyteller and just, like, try to get some video.
0: Yeah. Was there a favorite rescue of yours for that week? Like, a favorite dog or a favorite story at all, uh, other than nail?
1: Yeah. I mean, it had to have been Morgan.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah, Morgan.
1: I mean, that just had-
0: Tell his story for people that don't know.
1: Okay, Morgan was a black lab who was like locked up on a property whose family had abandoned him and the property for over six years. So this dog was living by himself for six years.
0: In a neighborhood. In a
1: neighborhood. And then, so the neighbors would like saw him there and would give him, would like- drop, like, kibbles onto his driveway through this gate.
0: Right. Well, and, I'm sorry, I just want to paint kind of the picture of, like, this is in Ensenada. Like, I don't know if anyone's ever seen pictures of Tijuana or anything, but these houses are, like, literally up against each other, so the neighbors are, like, five feet away. This isn't, like, a dog who has half an acre or, like, a big yard to run in. It's, like, a very small enclosed area. It's an urban...
1: Yeah, it's an urban setting.
0: Extremely urban setting, yeah. yeah.
1: And so... I don't know. It's a complicated story because, well, I get a lot of mixed feelings about it because these neighbors did everything they could to help except for rescue the dog, right? Like they fed the dog. They played fetch with the dog. They posted on Facebook about the dog trying to find help, which for them was probably the most that they could have done. But what we did was we contacted the local police department. They showed up to oversee the rescue to make sure that, like, you know, we weren't just trespassing or, like, causing damage or anything like that. That we were just there to rescue the dog. Yeah,
0: you you can't steal someone's dog. It's on the property. Yeah, you can't
1: just jump someone's fence and take their dog, like, without someone overseeing it. Anyways, it's just that, like, for us, when we showed up, it was a pretty simple thing. We we hopped the fence. With the police officer watching, we got the dog. It took, like, ten minutes. Right. And more than half of that was waiting for the cop to show up. And then when we got the dog, it was like, it took six years for that to happen. Right. That was, like, a pretty upsetting... And so, yeah, that was uh, that was a special one. Also because, A, like, I actually got to be involved with that one. And then also just because, like, at the end, this black lab was still just a black lab. He still, like, loved humans and loved playing, you know, all the... Right. He's a the, very,
0: very friendly, excited temperament. Yeah.
1: Still loved people. And it was like, yeah. really, people... Humans really let that dog down, and this right. poor dog lost six years. Well,
0: and there were comments that like were asking why people, why the neighbors or people didn't do more, like step in, right. and that is a valid thing. And obviously, as animal lovers, we are on the same pages. Like, are you kidding? But there is, like, a lot of space to be held for this being a pretty, like, poor neighborhood and them giving this dog food and toys. Like, what were they going to do? This was, like, a pretty old woman who had, like, was the neighbor and called. She was not going to jump this fence, take, like, a 75 pound black lab and jump back over the fence and then what? Keep the dog? Or was she gonna take it to a rescue? You cannot just, like, take a dog to a rescue in Mexico. That's not how it works. There are thousands of dogs roaming the streets in Mexico that are literally dying. This perfectly fine. I mean, he's, like, thin and all of that, but, like there are dogs in much more dire need. And so, there is an element of, like, there's not a lot they could do or they could get arrested for trespassing if someone saw it. And animal cruelty laws in Mexico only, like, just came about, like, a year or two ago. And so, he was abandoned six years ago. There's nothing even possible until about a year or two ago that the government even acknowledged. And then... Since then, it's like trying to play catch up with yeah. thousands of dogs who are being abused. So anyways, we can move on to like happier things. Well, I guess this well, is a happy I'll just, story. He was I'll rescued. Just,
1: I'll just add on to that, which is that people who comment that they're probably from America. Right. And in America, dogs are like, people value dogs more than people. Like, mm. almost. I mean, not at, literally, but... Kind of, like... Well, it's a
0: common saying, even if there's, like, it's not totally true, but most people are like, I like dogs even more than I like people. Right, like,
1: right, right, right. But it's like, I'm just saying, like, the level that Americans value dogs is probably the most out of anywhere in the world. The amount of dollars that people donate to animal welfare, like, all of all of the animal welfare in Mexico, all those dollars come from America. Right, right. And so it's just so when you see a story like that, it's hard for Americans to understand because we don't have stray dogs running around the streets like those people stop traffic for a dog that they see on the side of the road. In Mexico, there's dogs everywhere. So, you know, it's hard to be like, oh, what about this dog? Like, how come you didn't do this? Well, it's like, well, what about all the other dogs?
0: Right. Well, it's not in but for them a lot of it and I'm not like all of Mexico's not super poor or anything like that, but in these neighborhoods a lot of the time it is. And so if these people are more worried about themselves and like paying for the, their own survival and their own lives, like the stray dogs on the streets are not of concern.
1: Right. And like they're and, trying to
0: get their kids fed and get them clothed, like they're not worried about this stray dog and like trespassing on someone's property and dog napping this dog
1: right but also these people did do something they were feeding the dog for sure and they were pleading for help on the internet and then that's how
0: we found that's how
1: we found out about the dog and that so it's because of these people that the dog got rescued i mean
0: right which is a very important thing yeah I did feel bad because people were kind of dogging on them. Okay, no pun intended. They were kind of roasting them online. And I was like, well, if it wasn't for those people, like we literally would never have known about Morgan and he would still be behind those bars. So like, honestly, thank you to those people.
1: Yeah, seriously.
0: Uh, okay, but to wrap up anything with the rescue stuff, anything else you want to add? Anything else that you're pumped about? I mean, you can always plug Team Finn too.
1: Yeah, we can get to that later. But I, <laughs> no, I just feel like like this year has felt particularly busy. Mm-hmm. We've had a number of weddings that have been just like marked in our calendars months in advance. And when you live in vans, when you have a plan that far in advance, it feels like it's always looming on you. It's like approaching. It's like you have to be somewhere to catch a flight. And that really puts a pin in your plans that's the way that, like, I sort of imagine it, like, happening. It was like, wow, we had that wedding in Rio, then we went to you know, the Mexico, then the Rio, then we had to do this, then we had to do that, and, like, I remember them all by these, like, little things we've had to do, and now, after this past Mexico trip, I don't feel like I have anything left in the right. calendar, really, but...
0: Next year should be less busy. We don't have as many weddings next year. True. The weddings are, like... quite a bit of added stress. Every single wedding we went to was well worth it. We loved every single one of them. All of them were Henry's friends, except for I went to Tegan's, my friends, who also has an episode on the podcast. But yeah, those are just like, I mean, there's flights, there's hotels, there's like dog sitters. There's like a lot that go into that for us. And so it does take a chunk of time and energy and stuff, but it was one year. We love it. We love to see it. We love to see all the love. And uh, next year, we don't have too many weddings. So I want to talk about your new van. Tell us everything.
1: Uh... When did you get it? Okay, I got it in April of 2022. Uh, it's an ambassador van, so I got it from Mercedes Benz, like the team, as like a partnership, which is just an incredible thing. You got
0: that five finger discount, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, that is true. So I feel incredibly grateful that I'm able to do that, you know, and I'm able to drive around in this like incredibly high end. Right. They uh, did. They
0: choose. They chose him, by the way, because of all the rescue work. I don't yeah. know if he, somebody just thinks that they like discovered his Instagram or something and they just chose him because he's a guy living in a van. They really appreciate, Mercedes in particular, really yeah. appreciates Animal Rescue. Therefore, when they found him or he reached out to I them. I reached out to them. Yeah, they really liked and respected his story and what he does with Team Finn and all of the rescue work. And so that is solely why. And the fact that he was obviously already living on the road and he was a perfect person for it. But it was really the Animal Rescue that differentiated him.
1: For sure. And, yeah, so, I mean, I lived in a a Sprinter, a a short wheelbase Sprinter, the 144, for basically four years. And I loved that van. And it was 2011. And now I'm in, like, the newest Sprinter. That's four-wheel drive. It's, like, the longer wheelbase. It's, like, got all the bells and whistles. It's fancy. It gets so much attention. Mm Mm-hmm when I drive it around places. So it's been a real change of like, like I have, I feel like I have a living room now. Right. You know, I have like a bedroom, a little kitchen and a living room. Like I can break out my van into three different. We're sitting
0: in the living room right now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're sitting in the living room. And uh, and we
0: had the heat running before this. Yeah,
1: exactly. I have a heater. Uh, I have a, a water tank. <laughs> I've, got, <laughs> I've got like light switches. I have an AC unit. Like, so these are like luxuries i never had before. And I'm so happy I have them now. I mean, it's it's really cool.
0: What is a couple of things about this van, whether it be something like the AC, like a literal product or a layout part that you really love and that you would like recommend to anyone, like a newer thing that you're just now experiencing that yeah. you could also add in a 144 or whatever van somebody has, but that's something that like really changed your world more than you expected.
1: I would say the heater. I would say the heater is definitely one of those things. You know, right now we're in southern Utah in October and it's cold and it's not easy to be productive when it's cold.
0: It is, it's such a good point. It is. Almost impossible. Like there's been so many times in the last several years where like when I'm freezing in my van, like my fingers are so cold that I can't type. I don't want to post anything. Like I'm like, am I supposed to make a video right now? I'm dying.
1: No, you get cozy in bed and you try with your laptop, but like, it's just not the same. So since being in this van, I'm able to close the doors, turn the heat on when it's cold and snowing outside. I could be inside barefoot with my t-shirt on. That feels so freaking good. So that's a big one.
0: There are cheaper heaters, by the way. There's plenty that are like the knockoff, quote unquote, of an S-bar heater. The S-bar is like top of the line, which I think is what they put in your van.
1: No, I have the Wabasto wabasto oh, has yeah. okay
0: yeah well, the, they're they're very similar but i'm just saying there's like a way cheaper yeah, version
1: yeah, yeah yeah and just so everybody knows this is a diesel heater so there's a fuel line that drops into the fuel tank of the actual van so it's just like you just fill up at the gas station and you know your heater you can run your heater all night all day all night so that's a big game changer. Having windows is a game changer. I'm not gonna lie. Being able to open windows, and create a nice draft going through, has been really nice. And just
0: to, like see stuff. I yeah, love being able to stuff. like to see around us when I'm in your van.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's been really nice. I I really thought that I would be like, ah, I'm just they'll be covered all the time, but no, that's not the case. Well, I and like, I think
0: people really get into this idea of being stealth. Yeah. And I've probably said that somewhere, <laughs> so, like, somehow about my own van. And yeah. it's like, I've got to be honest, guys. You're yeah. not stealth. It doesn't matter what yeah. van you live in. Like, we have solar panels, vent fans, like, stuff up front. You are not being stealthy. Like, people yeah. know that you're living in there.
1: Yeah. Okay, okay. That's such a good point. Because stealth is like, unless you have... Like a ladder on the top of your van, and some like commercial, like number logo labeling, plumbing logo or something on the side of your van. No, you're not stealth. The only place also where I feel like you really need to be stealth is like the east coast, right? On the west coast, like all those quote unquote stealth vans. You're not stealth. Everybody knows what van culture looks like. Right, Like van life
0: is a thing now. Yeah. And so it is the reason I like, I, I wanted to bring that up is because like, if you're not going to get a window because you want to be stealth, like get the window. Like everyone yeah. already knows it's fine. If you want the window, just get the window. I just wouldn't yeah. make stealthiness that much of a priority.
1: Yeah. So that's been really, really nice. And then the swivel seats have been just amazing, I think. And I have four wheel drive now.
0: Oh my God. The four wheel drive has got to be nice too. Yeah. I mean, the front of your van I feel is a lot bigger just in general.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Also I have like, I, this is like the newest sprinter, right? So it has all the bells and whistles of a modern car of like a modern luxury car. So before I had no, no buttons on my steering wheel. And so now I have like all these cool little features. I mean, it's still a sprinter van. So it's not like a, a G wagon, <laughs> but it's. Um... I
0: don't think anybody mistook that.
1: I know, I know. I just mean it, it doesn't have all of like the same things, but yeah, yeah. it's uh...
0: not like a Tesla.
1: No, yeah, it feels really cool to be driving. And I guess the last thing I'll I'll just say yeah. is that I'm driving a new vehicle, so my the anxiety that I used to feel about driving a high mileage vehicle, especially a Sprinter, high mileage Sprinter, like I don't feel that anymore. Like when I used to take my old van down to Mexico, I'd be like. Woo let's uh let's all like like hold hands and like pray that like right. I that nothing happens to my van, that no lights come on, that no nothing comes on. Not that like I had really good luck with my old van. It's just that you know, when you're down in Mexico, you feel a little bit more exposed to issues like Oh my that. god,
0: you had so much more exposed.
1: Yeah. So whereas now I'm like, yo, yeah, this thing is I mean, I have a hundred thousand mile warranty. This thing is gonna yeah, be yeah. amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, just less anxiety in general. Yeah.
1: So that feels really good, which I can't understate enough.
0: Right. How is Finn feeling? Uh, How is he doing? How is he living? How is he thriving? Does he love the new van?
1: Yeah. I think all the dogs love the new van. Finn has like his own little spot now. Ella has her favorite spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they love it.
0: But how's Finn doing outside of the van?
1: He's doing great.
0: Anything to... I mean, it's been two years. What's changed in Finn?
1: What's changed in Finn? I mean...
0: By the way, for all the people who just want the juice about our relationship, I am getting there. I just know we're going to spend the bulk of the podcast talking about it, so I'm trying to get all of the other things out of the way.
1: Okay. Um, Not out
0: of the way. I shouldn't say that. I like talking about these things, but you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess... Okay. Since the last time we had this podcast, we started dating. I mean, Finn has been thriving. Finn has...
0: He's a family.
1: Yeah. Finn... It's really, really nice to see Finn's life evolve just like mine has mm-hmm. in the same way. Like, in the past, all Finn had was me and this, and the van that he, like, lived in.
0: Right. Which he was obviously perfectly fulfilled and so happy with.
1: Oh, of course. Of course. But, like, it's nice that he gets to realize a life that is bigger. He gets, He's a mom now. Yeah, he has... Yeah, exactly. He has a, a mother. And he also is, like in love with ella like oh my god so in love he's obsessed with her and the two of them are, i'm just so happy that he has like more dogs to to goof with and play around with and it's just nice yeah so finn couldn't be happier
0: yeah. I love that for all of them. I feel like when it was just Ella, Pearl and I, Ella would get the zoomies like way less because you open the door and I mean, she might run out or something, but there's like nothing in this world that brings me more joy than when we watch Ella and Finn at least like once a day, just sprinting through yeah. whatever landscape that we're in and just like full blown playing could not be running or playing harder. Yeah. And Watching them have that is like, I mean, there's just nothing you could want more for them.
1: Yeah, and and it's also like in that moment you're like, that's something I could never give to Finn. Right, right, right. Yeah, like, I could never give that to LA. I either. could never do that for him, and I'm just happy that he has that now. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: and he's a side piece in Pearl.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> honestly, that's true. <laughs> That's true. Finn is the uh, cock in the hen house, cock Oh, in... <laughs> oh my God, that was... Don't say cock <laughs>
0: Camera... no, no, no. First of all, you can say whatever you want, but yeah, it it's from just the office came across super loud. Yeah, no, truly though, Pearl's like kind of in love with Finn. Yeah. Okay, is there anything else before we get into the, the real tea? Anything else that's happened in the last two years other than literally everything? We got to meet each other's families.
1: Yeah, uh, which was awesome.
0: Yeah, that was fun. I mean, that was like at this point almost a year ago, so right. like now it doesn't even feel like a new feeling like i feel like i know your family very well
1: right well my family feels like they know you very well already they, because, they do because they've been following you and they, i've talked about you before so oh yeah
0: i just met because i overshare so much but yeah
1: so yeah that was cool and exciting glad we got that out of the way
0: right i mean my family felt the same way though they yeah. have been following you forever so right. i mean there was no one in our personal lives that were surprised when we said we were dating sure everybody was like oh, okay yeah. God bless. <laughs> we were just wondering when that was going to happen.
1: Right, right, um, right. Yeah. Same same thing for my family.
0: Right. Okay. So just to be clear with everybody listening, I only have like a few questions that I'm going to be asking about like the relationship and just like mostly to you, but I'll answer them as well to reciprocate. But I asked on Instagram what you guys really wanted to hear from this episode about Henry and I, or just Henry in general. And so I'm going to read some of those questions. So a lot of them will be about the relationship. I know that, but some of them that are not, we're just going to like mix in some questions that I feel like a lot of people are asking or something like that okay. interesting things but to start off i would love to know what you think is different about our relationship now than it was the last time we would have recorded an episode together
1: well i think that like we've like settled in to our relationship i think that like in the beginning there was like a lot like our emotions were really high right a lot was happening. Like, it was
0: very blissful.
1: Yeah, very blissful, but it felt like such a long time coming. The energy was really high. Everyone was rooting us on, all that stuff. Like mm-hmm. It's easy to get caught up in the hype.
0: Yeah, which is also, I think, a really yeah. fun place to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, It was so exciting, and yeah, to have so many people being so positive about it was yeah. like really a beautiful thing to see. For
1: sure. And to feel. Yeah, exactly. So since then, I feel like we've settled nicely into a relationship where we're like getting to know each other in a different way because you know we were friends for so long and and now we're exploring a more intimate side of our relationship so that took time and communication and that was exciting and fun and yeah and so i guess that would be the biggest difference i would say in my mind right In, in a good way and then obviously you know you can't really just talk about a relationship without sort of understanding yourself better too right like this is the you know the more, most serious relationship I've ever been. So I'm learning a lot about myself at the same time. So both of those things have been good for me.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think both of those things are true for me as well. Yeah. I feel like I know you so much better now than I thought I did like two years ago. Like, I feel like when we first introduced the relationship, I was like, I already know him so well. He's like one of my best friends. We, right. I love right. him. Right. But now it's like, I feel like I have obviously, as time goes on, I'm sure in five years, I would look back at this and be like, are you kidding? You thought you knew him then. (laughs) But I'm just saying as of now, it does feel like, like you said, we've settled in. And I feel like we've just learned so much about each other in terms of like communication, fighting. I only say fighting because I feel like you learn a lot from a person in those types of moments. Like, sure. And you learn a lot about yourself as well. And so yeah, I would agree that I've learned a lot about myself. And I also feel like we've just gotten to know each other on a much deeper level, which obviously would be a problem if we hadn't. Yeah. Is there anything that you feel like you've learned that makes you a better partner? Like, what's a lesson that you have learned?
1: Uh, That makes me a better partner.
0: Yeah, something that you have learned that makes you, like, show up more, or... I don't know.
1: I mean, I think it would be just communicating better. Mm -hmm. I think that just one thing about being in a van, like this lifestyle that I got used to for a long time was just being by yourself not having to communicate you're sort of isolated you're a little bit estranged from all your friends and family you're like your support system so it's you know relationships in general right whether they're you know friendly relationships just and so just realizing my emotional side as well that vocabulary speaking up for myself has been an important thing that i've learned that i think has made the relationship better
0: right Yeah, I think it's made the relationship so much better. Yeah. I think something that was really interesting that I've learned is that I feel like when we first started dating, a lot of people really painted this image of like oh my God, when I'm like, my husband was my best friend for five years before we got married. And then now we've been married for 20 years or something like that. And I had all these like success, beautiful stories in my DMs. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like it's so great. And obviously every relationship is very different. So I don't know if maybe those people just did not experience this, but I felt like... This probably was about six months ago, just to kind of give a timeline. Like, it definitely didn't hit me for a long time, but like six months ago, I felt like a problem in dating a friend is that, like, we were, Henry and I were very accustomed to not, like, saying hard things. Like, I didn't want to hurt his feelings or I didn't want to bother him. And so then sometimes when I really wanted to do something else, I would just, like, do what he wanted to do or I would go where he wanted to go or I would, like, I just wasn't... I mean, I know you just said speaking up for yourself and that's really, like, I guess what I'm trying to say in some ways, but it was just... I feel like Henry and I really did go a really long time without hitting this wall of like when are we going to actually like fucking say something like we are both wanting to say so many things and it wasn't like I felt like this on a daily basis and obviously these are conversations that him and I have had privately as well so I'm not like slapping him in the face with anything but you know, on a daily basis, things felt fine. But then when they didn't feel fine, they felt super not fine because I had all this like pent up these random things that that I was unhappy with or that I, I, I needed more from him. Like, this is my love language and I need more from this of you. And I wasn't saying those things. Like, we were not communicating about awkward things, hard things, something that I thought might hurt his feelings. And that was really damaging to the relationship for a while. And I feel like it was happening because we were friends first. Like, sometimes when you just start dating someone, those conversations happen a little bit easier. And I feel like because we already really knew each other and we were like so close, it was like, well, how am I supposed to tell my friend this? Like, that's so awkward. And then we kind of hit a wall at one point where I feel like we basically just fought for like two weeks and then started. I mean, I'm sorry. Is that too much? I'm not trying to, we basically fought for like two weeks And then started to, like, climb out of that. Like, is is this something we want to fight for? Yes. And therefore, then we moved forward, like, accordingly. Like, we both got into therapy separately. And we both started, like, trying to just dive in when we felt like we needed to you know? Like, instead of avoiding those hard things, like, there were times where we'd, like, I feel like it was very difficult for us at first to really speak up, but we were just trying to and getting better at it, and then after therapy sessions, like, even sometimes therapy was a good uh, third party to, like, I talked to my therapist about it, and so then I could go to Henry after therapy, and he'd be like, how was therapy? And I'd be like, um, well, we, we talked about this thing that happened a few days ago, and I kind of wanted to say this, and it was, like, a good way of, like, saying it, but not feeling, like, so much pressure of saying it. You know what I'm does that make
1: sense uh yes well to your first point I think that you're right that being friends first kind of was always like an off ramp for us we're like well that's something we know how to do so like And friends, like, you know, things don't have to be difficult. Like, ah, no, we're we're good at, like, keeping it simple, like, all that stuff. Well, and
0: I feel like, I'm sorry, but that's why we were such good friends was because him and I both are very, like, simple friends. Like, oh, you want to do that? Cool. Great. You want to go there? Cool. Like, there was not a lot of complaining or negativity or, like, there was never arguing in our friendship. Like, we never, like, fought as friends, you know?
1: Right. And then the other thing, I guess, from a therapy perspective that was helpful for me, I'm just thinking back what what you were saying, mm-hmm. was being able to, like, get something off, like, say something out loud, get it off your chest, and then just be like, and just work through it, And but also just the the act of saying it out loud was an important thing for me because a lot of times... You know, I'm the kind of person who ruminates. And so when you ruminate, it's like you're not processing. Like, it's just kind of bouncing around in your head, unprocessed. And that's why it keeps bouncing. And so it's like to start saying things out loud was not only like good for processing like my emotions, but also just literally practicing saying something so that like when I do have something to say to you, it doesn't sound like it's the first time I'm saying it, which for me can be difficult.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well you just talk it through with someone that and I think that's a really good thing though. I felt the same way when I got into therapy where I was like, I don't I'm not coming at you angry, I'm not coming at you upset, I'm not gonna say something I don't mean or or misspeak that then you can misunderstand and then it's like can get twisted. It's like you get it off your chest, you say it how you want to say it. You get the first round over with and then you can go to your partner and be like, "Okay, this is how I'm feeling and this is exactly like I just need you to hear me out on this."
1: Right. Also, I I feel like you painted that a little bit like it was just like this like really bad couple weeks, which I guess maybe in the moment it may have felt that way, so not inaccurate, yeah, yeah. but I look back at that and I was like, "I feel happy." about that because it felt like one of those like hurdles that any relationship goes through like it like a test and i I like the way that we got through that
0: for sure i think i kind of stopped halfway because i wanted to like hear your opinion on everything thus far you know what i'm saying but like for sure obviously i feel i guess it's not obvious but i feel so much better about where we are now i feel like our relationship has done not a 180 because i was happy before of course but like I feel like how we were saying at the beginning that we feel like a much deeper level and I know you so much more and all that. Like, I feel like a lot of that was because of that hurdle that we got through. Like our relationship feels a lot more comfortable and a lot happier now because I feel like I have a partner who I can say those things to. Right. And, like, I feel like I can confide in you and I can say, like, any thought that comes through my mind, no matter how, like, dark, disturbing, fucked up, like, I feel like I can, like, talk to you. Right. Before where I feel like there was a little bit of, like, a stutter step of do I or do I not? You know what I'm saying? Right. There was like, there was just a little bit of a barrier, I think. Yeah. I'm not, I don't want to give the impression to anybody that before that we were not happy and in love. I just feel like those couple weeks, they they were also not terrible. Again, it's like we were fighting all day, a, every it day. Just a it was just It was just like normal... a difficult time where we obviously had pent up things. They were coming out in a short period yeah. of time. And then we both got into therapy and we both worked through it. And we I feel like I personally have been so much happier even since. Yeah.
1: And also like therapy has done has made me feel a lot better about things in general not just our relationship but helped me work through some other things another thing i'll just another layer i'll just add on to that is that like van life makes all these things a little bit more complicated right where it's like you're always sort of in motion you're always like and and being a content creator where you have to show up in front of the camera and show up. You know, it's like, it's never... Sometimes it doesn't always feel like, like, okay, can we not talk about this right now? Because I have to do these this, that, and that. You know, we only have this much time. It's like carving out time has been something that right. we've had to prioritize which has been a good thing for our relationship but it's it's also these are a lot of things that are amplified by van life like made more difficult by right. van life
0: well we're also together like 24 hours a day which again is not a standard relationship like a lot of people true. go to work or even if they both work from home Great they work point. in like separate rooms and stuff yeah. i mean we obviously do have separate vans there's a lot of benefits to that and we do speak about that often but yeah. we are still together pretty much 24 7.
1: true that's a great point.
0: And that also can just amplify things. But I mean, yeah, I I overall feel great. Are you happy?
1: Yeah, I couldn't be happier.
0: I couldn't be happier either. Yeah, very happy. I actually feel like I could not be happier in my life right now.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: I wake up these days and I'm just like... Let's go. How? How? I know. How did I get here?
1: I know, I'm happy for myself. Honestly. I
0: feel so happy for myself too. And of course, I feel happy for you. I feel happy for the dogs. Yeah. It's just a blissful thing. It's a great place to be.
1: Yeah, it feels great.
0: Okay, just be I'm gonna open my phone soon and ask like get to those Instagram questions, but I just know every single person's gonna ask this, so I feel like we should talk about because I feel like two years ago maybe we didn't talk about it because I probably didn't even know where I stood at the time. but what is our opinion on marriage and kids?
1: I would like both of those things to happen. Yeah same. yeah.
0: yeah, these are obviously conversations that we've had, but yeah. we both would love to get married and we do want children at some point. yeah. People have also been asking me if we ever bought the land that we were referring to and just to answer that now no we do not own land or a house yet we still would love to at some point but we're not like keeping that under the rug or like have some big secret that we're going to announce that we have a house like I will never be able to not tell you if I get a house. <laughs> That's definitely something I'm sharing immediately.
1: Right, right.
0: Would we quit van life if we got married or had kids?
1: I mean, we would not live full time in a van. With uh, children. With children. I love the van. To me, van life represents the same thing for me. Like, there's still things I would love to do in the van. Like, I'm still looking at Alaska, and I'm like, yo, I can't wait. But maybe it just looks different. Maybe it looks better. Maybe it's just, like, tactical missions, like a three-month mission where, where, like, we have everything planned out. Whereas, like, now, sometimes living full-time for five years, you're just blowing in the wind.
0: Right. Just a little floating.
1: Yeah, that's really fun sometimes. Honestly, the, that level of freedom is really really great, but I think that being in a relationship that has been the part that's changed the most is like my idea about van life has changed drastically. Yeah. I still love van life. It's just that the van life that I used to know has completely changed. Like the freedom that I used to know as like, you know, just blowing in the wind as a single dude, like basically you have to be thinking about someone other than yourself, you know, and you have more dogs and you plans together and all that stuff. And so when you start adding all that up and then you're building a life together, it's like, it makes you realize that van life can be a selfish pursuit for sure. You know what I mean? And so you have to sort of uh, be able to juggle everything and, You know, for me, obviously, like, I'm going to prioritize our relationship and our future and the two of us more than, like, the freedom of (laughs) blowing in the wind. Like an idiot. But that
0: is still a priority to both of us. And I think that we always do a good job of maintaining that. Like, I like indulging in being like, you know what? The next two days, which is very rare. I I almost always would rather spend my time with Henry or like near Henry. But like every once in a while, I'm like, I'm going to go spend the next two days and like pretend like it's just me, Ella and Pearl for like 48 hours. I mean, obviously that's like with a thousand FaceTimes with Henry. Like sometimes when I pull into a campsite and it's just me, Ella and Pearl, I'm like, Damn. Like throwback Thursday, like I just feel like it like yeah, feels yeah. good to like relive that for just a moment. And I there's just no reason to have to get rid of that feeling permanently. Yeah,
1: yeah for sure. I still need that feeling. Not like the freedom, but the privacy, I think, like to like for sure. be creative sometimes. I need that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Someone named Samantha is asking what it felt like to finally both choose love. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what did it feel like to finally choose love? I know
0: now it's been a long time, I feel like
1: I mean, I feel like that's a, a show from, like, a game show. Like, I don't get, like, what does that mean?
0: Like, after being friends for a long time, like, if there were underlying feelings for oh, one another, then okay. how did it feel to finally allow yourself to have that conversation? Which I actually do kind of feel like applies more to you. Because right. as we've been over, Henry friend-zoned me. So I went the next two years. Like, <laughs> I feel like I, I programmed myself pretty well. Like, I didn't really have feelings for Henry during that time because I thought he legit did not like me. And so I was like, what am I going to do? Spend the next, like, rest of my life just loving a man that does not like me? But he, because he was the one who kind of friend-zoned, did have feelings for me throughout that time at points. Right. So what did it feel like for you when you were the one during that conversation eventually where you, like, let that out of your system?
1: Yeah, I mean, it felt like uh, pent-up energy. It felt like it spilled over. It felt like... I wasn't gonna miss my opportunity Uh (laughs) because I feel like I uh, I punted for for a while. I was kind of like ah, it felt a little too early. It felt like I always like to use the analogy like it was like freshman year orientation. Like that's when we first met. Like if we had just hooked up that first time we met then we wouldn't be together right now we would have been like "All right, well that was fun well I'm gonna go enjoy van life because I just bought this van and I'm looking for some freedom in my life right now like I'm gonna just get on with my life yeah and then we may have stayed friends or maybe we wouldn't have stayed friends and so I like how it started I feel like I probably could have should have done it sooner but nonetheless we are here Mm -hmm. we are together and uh, I feel like a winner
0: I feel like a winner too I agree that if we would have hooked up at the beginning, I 1000% don't know that I would have dated Henry afterwards. I mean, there's always a chance. Obviously, I can't say for sure, but building a friendship with Henry for over the course of like two years and not hooking up and not kind of tarnishing that in any capacity made me feel so comfortable with Henry and so safe with Henry that I feel like that was really a thing that I didn't know I needed and like truly allowed me to fall in love with someone instead of like a lot of my relationships started sexual and then like evolved into a relationship but like it felt that way early on that it was like a physical thing like you know what I mean like it that happened earlier on in the relationship and therefore I don't know that I like totally believed that the other person was like in love with me for the right reasons or that, you know, like maybe their like their love language was physical touch more than mine was. And so that it did not align well with me. And so I feel like when we had that conversation, ultimately I was like, this person is in love with me. And like, I know that, and I'm in love with him too. Like it, you know what I'm saying? It just, it felt a lot different. And I feel like that, the fact that we did it that way actually helped me mentally in ways I didn't even realize until recently.
1: Right. Yeah. And then also I will just say that like, when we started dating it's not like it's just like a first hookup or something like that no it was like (laughs) it felt like serious right away and so to like be in that position so quickly like 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 this is how i feel and then like have it be immediate Mm -hmm. felt a little bit like a shock to the system but it felt like i can't i just skipped so much bullshit like well I mean, again, like like you said earlier, like we still had to deal with a lot, of that, some of that yeah. stuff later on. Well, there's a
0: lot of pros and cons. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like I like skipped, uh, like we got to like jump forward. But I mean, really, I guess we were just using, like, we were building on the friendship that we had and and changing it. But it still, it felt like like wow, I can't believe I'm here. I never thought I'd be here. Right. I feel really lucky.
0: Shame. Jealousy in the relationship and building that trust.
1: I have no jealousy in this relationship.
0: And Henry, and I have... I
1: trust have, you entirely.
0: I trust Henry entirely, and I wouldn't say I ever feel jealous, but, like, I do... And Henry knows all of this, but, like, I have a history of getting cheated on, and, like, that does cause jealousy for me. And it's not jealousy, like... I think he's going to do something with somebody. Like, I don't, I'm not afraid that he's going to do something, but like, there's been times where he says something or does something and I'm like, I don't, like, that did not make me feel good. I don't like that. Or if you said that about me more often, then I feel like it wouldn't necessarily make me feel that way. But hearing that about somebody else when you've never really said that about me, like, that hurts my feelings. And he's obviously always been super receptive to that and like, understands. But that's really the only jealousy I've ever felt. I've never been jealous. Like, I thought you were going to cheat on me but I've been jealous in the sense of hearing you talk about someone in ways that you have, I've never heard you talk about me. And that makes me just feel like, I wonder if he thinks that about me. Right. And so then I just have to tell you that.
1: Right. Yeah. To respond to what you just said, like when you bring those things up to me, I appreciate that a lot because I I feel like, I mean, I'm older than you, but I still have a, a lot to learn about relationships. I don't have a ton of relationship experience. So like, That kind of awareness of like, oh, yeah, of course, maybe that doesn't feel good if maybe I should just be saying that to you like more often. Like, so I do appreciate that kind of feedback. But yeah, no, when it comes to you, I haven't been in that many relationships. I'm not really the jealous type and I trust you entirely. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Okay. Something that surprised you both to learn about each other.
1: I mean, you surprise me every day. You sort of impress me every day with like, your thoughtfulness, your work ethic, your everything, everything you do is top notch. And the way that you challenge me, I mean, I feel like all those things I never experienced about you when we were friends. Right. And so those are all things that I love and appreciate about you. And I, I don't know if that's surprising, if that surprised me necessarily, but I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah.
0: I think something that surprised me about you is and I do I mean this in like the best possible way but for like for a long time Henry kind of wore like just a little bit of like a a, an emotional shell like in a hard type of way and I don't think I realized until the six months of our relationship since all of that like not that anything went down, but you know what I mean. I feel like I, like I saw you in a much softer way. And I remember you telling me a couple times that you needed me to like say certain things or like you also really needed words of affirmation and those types of things. And like that did surprise me, which is pretty shitty, honestly, of a partner for me to be surprised in that. But I which my mom's probably going to listen to this, but I've talked to my dad about it too. My mom and my sister, and it's a very common thing I have realized in my family that like the women, there's no like meanness or mean spirited anything, but it's almost a feeling. This is the best way I can explain it. And it's, it's not good. Like, I understand that about myself. This is a really good thing that I've learned about myself, but like, there's almost a feeling of like needing to humble somebody. Like, like, if Henry uh, said something in, like, a brag-worthy type of way, I would see it, like, I didn't need to, like, lift that up even further and be like, you did fucking crush that. Like, you did so great. I would, like, say something almost snarky or, like, just not something to add on to him feeling good. And I realized through like through I don't even know if it was therapy or like what had that revelation but I remember talking to my dad about it and being like wow that I do feel like I've seen other women in my life be that way and like that is something I would love to strive to never be because I obviously always want to be the person that's like building you up and I feel like I learned that through realizing that you like needed a soft person that you're like a human being you're not just this like big, strong man all the time, which like I was raised by a guy who I always felt was that way. And so maybe that also added to it. But I was like, oh, this is like a vulnerable human being who also needs love and kindness and softness. And your mom is actually a great example of that. I remember being in your house and saying, I'll do something stupid. And like, I'll, I don't even know, trip or drop something. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so dumb. And your mom is very quick to be like, you're not dumb. Don't say that. You know, right. okay, she says that in kind of a kinder way, but like she's just she would notice when I would self-deprecate or say something, even in a very quick, not serious type of way. And she would like make me notice the fact that I had done that. Right. And so, yeah, maybe none of these things are connected, but I feel like they were kind of connected.
1: Right. Right. I guess, um, I'm also
0: not trying to make you sound like some huge softy, but you know what I mean? I feel like you're a much more layered person than I think I originally thought.
1: Of course I'm a layered person.
0: And it's so obvious now. And I don't know why I felt that way.
1: I think if I was going to re-answer that question, um, obviously I'm not going to take back what I said before, but I'm just, I would say it, I was surprised by how good you are at communicating your feelings. Like you came from a family where you said things out loud as a family, all these things. And growing up, my family wasn't really like that.
0: Right. Yeah, we had family talks like big time.
1: Yeah, we didn't have that. And on top of that, I'm a dude. So just like the amount of practice that I have about talking about my emotions, what is this feeling? I You know, like Mm. all those things, labeling things, processing things, uh, communicating them, like understanding them. You're really good at And I've realized I'm not very good at it. And so that's been a big thing about therapy for me is like processing things, labeling things, understanding things like my own emotions. And then that helps me communicate things. Right. So, yeah, I guess like you're just a really good communicator when it comes to those things. And that's obviously helped elevate me and my ability to do the same.
0: Right. Which I don't feel like I was good at. At all, ever, in any relationship until this one.
1: <laughs> until you started dating me. Swear to God. I didn't think I was good until, until I met you. No, and no, no. I- that's not what I
0: mean. <laughs> I feel like I was, like, desperate to communicate to you in certain ways because I felt passionately about this relationship. And in other relationships, I was, like, I, like, didn't really take myself too seriously. Right. And so, but, like, and I've been in a lot more therapy since we started dating and everything. So I feel like that's also obviously taught me quite a bit. Right,
1: but, right. But...
0: Thank you for saying that. Okay, I found a good one. It is, what are our current goals?
1: Um, I mean, I would like to own a house. I would like to have some kind of 501c3, like once we settle down somewhere. So I'd like to do more rescue stuff, mm-hmm. elevated rescue stuff, travel more. Um,
0: international, maybe? Yeah,
1: international stuff. Uh, that really excites me.
0: Henry is going to come to the Thailand trip with me, by the way, next November. So we have about a year until that trip, but I'm doing all of those Trova trips next year. I have five trips that I'm going on and Henry's going to hang back and watch the dogs for most of those because they are like lengthier trips. But for the Thailand trip, he's going to be coming with. So if you're going on the Thailand trip, you'll probably get to meet Henry too.
1: True. So yeah, I guess I'm just excited to start building a life with you and and that just feels so much better like oh my god for so long i was thinking about like what it would look like to transition out of van life right and it just feels so cool to be doing it with you
0: yeah yeah it feels very cool with like
1: a partner and like i feel like something i mean i have a lot to show for my van life experience but this feels like the biggest one you know
0: right well yeah i mean like without you i don't know that i i would have ever really transitioned out of van life i mean maybe at some point but like It feels like the reason I want to transition out of van life to any extent is to live in a house with you and like build a life with you.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, that's the foreseeable future.
0: (laughs) The smile on his face right now (laughs) is so funny. (laughs) Yeah, no, I have all of the same goals. I mean, we're pretty much working towards the same things. I I have some work goals, but I've already shared those in the podcast that I, I did by myself. So I don't have to really reiterate those. So the goals I haven't spoken on are pretty much the life building ones that I have with Henry.
1: Yeah, I would say if there's any, like, individual goals in general, it would be, like, I would like to get better at creating, like, video, so, like, create more, and then also, like, diversify my income streams so that I'm, like, less pressured to show up on social media all the time. Uh Because it's just, it's what I do, it's how I can make an impact, like, with what I do with, you know, with rescuing animals. It's not always my favorite thing, my most natural state, like to show up in front of the camera and do this and do that. Like sometimes I I, like, it would be cool to like sit back a little bit and and have some other income streams where I felt less pressure from social media. Right. So that would be like my, an individual.
0: Yeah. I would like to stay like showing up on social media. I really enjoy that. And I actually do feel like it's my natural state what i would like to do is also diversify kind of in in terms of income streams so that i don't have to do so many ads that's the part that does not feel as natural to me and like and that really frustrates me i love showing up on social media i love oversharing i love talking about my life and talking about henry and talking about the dogs like i love getting to sit down for the podcast or for instagram stories or for TikTok and just like going on and on and, like, I don't know, probably saying way too much, but, like, the part that does not feel... It's not even that it doesn't feel natural. It just hinders my non-sponsored creativity. It hinders my ability to want to make fun stuff because I'm, like, spending so much time to make the sponsored stuff, which I have to do to literally make money and survive. But, like, I definitely am in a season right now of, like, cutting back on that a little bit and... I think coming out of like a survival state for a little while, you get a little bit used to being like, oh my god, yes, yes, please, yes. Oh my god, I love this. And then I look back and I'm like, okay, I need to be saying no. Right. <laughs> like, not to say, just to be very clear, because someone will twist that. I have always said no. Often, I would like to be saying no, no, like a lot more even.
1: Right. But
0: there was never a place where I was just saying yes to anything. Right. I was always saying no. But I would like to be speaking up for myself more.
1: Right. Also, for some reason, that made me think more about individual goals. Things I look forward to, I want to start rock climbing more. Like, oh. I want to, like, like pick up some more hobbies. Like, I look forward to being, like, making new friends. Like, you know, all my friends are on the East Coast. I want them to come visit me, obviously, but I'm also going to have to make some new friends out in uh, yeah. wherever we end up getting a house. So I look forward to like joining a new community and like, I don't know, maybe making some, friends. yeah, (laughs) exercising more rock climbing, just kind of like diving into good habits with that, like routine that I get to enjoy about being in a house. So that's what I look forward to. I think as an, like individually is like really dialing in my those like self-care things that are going to like really help me later on in life, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I would love to be doing yoga like every single day, like hard, intense yoga. But when you don't have a shower and you're like camping and you know, you're not going to shower for the next like four or five days. It's like, am I really going to sit here and sweat and do yoga for the next four days knowing that I'm not going to shower afterwards? No. Gross. And so then I just don't end up doing it. But I think that's pretty much everything. Anything else that you want to add? I feel like we talked about everything I personally wanted to talk about.
1: I think that's good. I think we co- we, cover- <laughs> we covered a lot.
0: Okay, well, thanks for sitting down with me and uh and joining me.
1: Anytime, my sweet.
0: My sweet. Okay, I love you. I love you too. Okay. Bye.
1: Bye. <laughs>